Episode 21 of The Exit Strategy, Gustavo Madero's live from CES 2023. He's the CEO of WISP TV and US TV Now 360. It's quite clear that the future is all about artificial intelligence and so many changes that we didn't expect previously. Let's get it started, so let's hear the count. One, two, you're listening to The Exit Strategy, a podcast that inspires open discussions about financial news and technology today. My name, Marcus McGarian, a recovering SaaS vendor, joined by my co-hosts, Ralph DeFiori and Swadek Mazundar, and we're sitting down with startup founders, technology experts. Now let's begin. Um, very good. I mean, this is this is what happens when you're live from the CES 2023. It's a lot of background noise. A lot of people on the floor, a lot of conferences happening. Um, you know, Gustavo Medeiros. Gustavo, Gustavo is with us live on the uh, CES in Vegas 2023. Just getting out of the pitch night uh, on the Eureka floor. Um, so, Gustavo, you're, you've been in the TV streaming space for about 20 years. And everyone loves TV streaming, right? We got Netflix, we got HBO Now, we got, um, you know, we've been watching TV since the Second World War, you know. And tell, I mean, you're the you're the CEO of Wisp TV and US TV Now 360, giving TV access to American content globally. But at the same time, Wisp TV is the B2B TV analytics platform. What? Give us an update. Like, I mean, introduce yourself and then give us an update of what's happening in CES 2023. Oh, hi. Hey, Marcus. Uh, good talking to you again. Um, yeah, so as you said, uh, I, uh, I run a company called Teleup. Teleup has two products. One is a direct-to-consumer product, and the other one is a business-to-business product. The direct-to-consumer product is a streaming service that is a hybrid between free advertising-supported channels, think Pluto, and an OTT service, think Sling TV, uh, where we obtain the rights to offer content uh, not only in the U.S., but also on military bases overseas. WISP TV um, is a white-label product that targets rural ISPs, so ISPs in rural America Sorry. that already offer broadband but don't offer video. So we create a, uh, you know, basically streaming apps for them that have IPTV, which are the cable channels, but also have uh, free advertising supported television stations. This way, they can give it uh, as a complement to their broadband subscribers. And for the few that still want to watch cable, they can upgrade. And so those are my two businesses. Um, in terms of what I'm doing at CES, um, I'm looking at new trends, uh, not only within my industry, but also I like to uh, angel invest on the side and hoping to meet uh, uh, potential entrepreneurs here that are looking for some seed capital. How, how is, I mean, obviously, U.S. service people love American TV when they're serving in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, but um, CES is where all the trends are being set. And obviously, they set CES at the beginning of the year. You had CES 2022, CES 2021. And every year, there's always like a thing where people are trying to say, hey, you know, we're this is what's happening. This is what's up and coming. And for the past year or two, you've had tremendous strides. 
I mean, just a month ago, you came out with that chat GTP. Uh, before that, you had things like Web3 and all these other things happening. You had um, crypto taking a massive dive. But everyone still wants everyone still wants content. And you are the master of the universe when it comes to content for a lot of people that are, especially the expat community. So what exactly... I mean, what exactly are you seeing in CS23 that reflects the next steps and what, like, what is the future? Well, um, so I attended a panel this morning that was exactly about that. It was, uh, you know, um, the future of the entertainment industry and, and, and pushing the boundaries of the entertainment industry. Um, you know, so we had executives from Verizon, we had executives from, uh, uh, from Disney, um, and, and, and a few others, and, and honest to God, people don't know. They're all grasping of what does the consumer want next, um, you know. And so, so they don't know. And they had a horrible year, like you said, 2022. Look at look at the entertainment uh, stocks, you know, the media stocks. They're they're down tremendously. So most people, especially at the big company level, they don't know. They don't know what to do because they need so many customers to make their business models work. In my company, it's different. We focus on very niche markets, right? So military overseas, uh, rural ISPs, uh, you know, in rural areas, people still watch cable. So it's a very, it's different. You know, when you operate at their scale, they need to make so much money to keep their investors happy. It's very different from a, from a niche player uh, as ourselves that you know, has, has very low overhead. I, I but yeah, so, people don't know. Uh, the, the only trend that I see here is yes, that seems to be the overwhelming force you mentioned already is artificial intelligence. If you look I, I at the number of exhibits, sorry, can you hear me okay, Marcus? You're I, we could hear you fine. You're breaking up a little bit because there's a lot of background noise. But okay, um, quieter. But one one thing that we're seeing is that when you look at a thing like J Chat GTP or GTP three or all this um, artificial intelligence, which I, I don't really like to call it too much artificial intelligence, since I really understand what's next because I've heard that term way too much and it's overused and played out. What's what you have is that you could literally type anything you want, ask a question, ask for some output. You could say, hey, chat GTP, give me five bullet points that I could post on Twitter about a certain topic and it'll pump it out for you. You could literally state anything you want and say, like, I want it to be like uh, a story about uh, Romeo and Juliet set up in a theme of Star Wars using the Jewish faith and it'll pump it out in some way, shape, or form, it's able to do that. And it's only going to get better. So what it means is that like when you had the individual person going into something, like it's my Facebook page, so I could put anything I want on my Facebook page. But now you could say, well, I want content that is 100% identified to me. I mean, culturally, you have a bunch of people identifying with things. You had so many things that happened in 2021, 2022, just within like just discussing about pronouns. I mean, when I look at these things about chat GTP, or you could literally go to them and say, Hey, I want to watch a TV show that has ABC. And now I could literally put my face on the internet and I get an artificial intelligence or re rendition of my face based on some kind of computer generated image. 
you could literally create any kind of anime. Say, I want to watch a TV show about ABC, and it's going to create that TV show based on whatever it is that I want to watch. And it would do it taking all the data it could find on the internet. You know, so I think I think content creators are going to have a huge challenge because the content literally could be created by the the computer. No, I agree with you. So, but at the same time, a lot of people will be able to become better creators, right? So think about, uh, for example, I don't want to become like Mr. AI evangelist. Of course not. And and one of the very interesting things here at the conference is, uh, you know, policymakers, people from the EU and all the laws, you know, so the AI Bill of Rights, uh, where do we draw a line? But in terms of what you're talking about, um, it's very interesting. I think, I think that, that is what's really cool. Um, you know, now you can have like an AI create a a, 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 a story for you. Uh, you can have maybe a storyboard. Um, you know, now they're creating also images. And so I think you know, making content is becoming cheaper and cheaper. Getting it out there is going to be is becoming easier and easier. So there is going to be a lot of content. Uh, and especially a lot of content competing with traditional media. Um, and there are a lot of cool forms of cheap, cheap content. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so on the one hand, you're right. I, I think that incumbent content creators, they might struggle a little bit because it's going to be so easy to get alternative forms of content. But I think it's going to be great for a lot of new people uh, that want to get into the space of creating uh, you know, um, alternative niche content. I, I definitely believe that Wisp TV is going to be a big player in terms of understanding or doing the data analytics on all that content. Because, you know, a lot of times people want to be, people want to be provided a story. You know, like when we sit in a, around a fire, people always want to be told the story. When we, in the 90s, we wanted to all watch Lord of the Rings and learn about the journey or watching a Harry Potter movie. But, I think that eventually people are going to be tired of asking for a story and then they're going to be want to be given the story again, because that's the whole thing about a story. It's because if someone tells you their story, you learn a lesson from those people, you know? So when Wisp TV is doing analytic analysis on consumption of television or streaming products, it's extremely important that the content creator is, first of all, the content creator is going to have more data and better information about how to produce their content, you know? And I, I, I think, that the, and having had worked in the analytics space, I know that the biggest problem is that a lot of times people read data and they don't actually know how to interpret it into something that becomes, you can, they, they don't know how to monetize it. They don't know how to bring it to the next level or how to use it in an impactful way, you know, and you've been in the TV space or the streaming content space for over 20 years. So I think it's an extremely valuable thing that you're offering to the planet right now. Thank you, Marcus. I appreciate it. You know, one of the things that makes me really happy is when something unexpected happens. So for example, with this TV, we created this tool um, and a component of, of it is a, um, a content management system. Uh, so as, a, as an ISP, you can go in there and you can reorganize the channels. Um, you can add um, alternative feeds. And, and guess what? People are putting, um, um, they're adding 
channels to the lineup that have nothing to do with programming in, in the way we know it. They're putting weather cams up there. They're putting security cams up there. There's this one guy, he likes to fly airplanes. So he put a camera at the local airport. And so I love that. When, you, when, when, when you're working with your customers or you work, you know, um, or with your partners and you created something and they take to the next level. Um, so, so I think that a lot of people try to predict what the market is. And I think that's a great strategy. Uh, but sometimes unexpected things happen. And, uh, and that's what's going on with, with WIST TV right now. So it was really meant to be able to give the small guy a chance to compete with the, with the larger ISPs that offer triple play. But what we're seeing now is that WIST TV is becoming a whole beast of itself. It be, it's becoming the, the digital um, sunrise and digital sunset of that ISP's end customer, and, which is very interesting. They're, they're, they're streaming church services, local church services. And through hyper-localized, you know, inexpensively produced content that they put on with TV with their own brand, they now can have a differentiator. Now they, they have a reason to lure that customer in as opposed to having that customer go to Sling TV or to, you know, uh, whatever cable service the lo- their, 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 uh, their cable competitor, their cable overbuilders offer. I, I could tell you the number one thing I would love for Wisp TV to solve it's that like if you remember shows like Lost or like any show like um, uh, Breaking Bad or some of that, nobody, and I mean nobody, liked the final episode of the final season. And it's like one of those oh, things. Oh, that'd be that, so cool. Right? To change the ending. That'd to be awesome. change the ending because nobody, nobody liked the ending of Game of Thrones. Nobody liked the ending of Lost. Anything. Right? Because the ending of Lost, everyone was dead in the end. And yeah, the ending yeah. of Game of Thrones, everyone like died in the end. Like it's like, how can that be the ending? Oh, that'd oh. be so cool! I hear it. You had you used to have you know who did that? Netflix had a product had a product that would allow you to watch alternative endings. Yeah, and it was one of the most exciting things that Netflix came up with, but it didn't work very well. But so if you, you could, but if you take choices. the data that people want, right? Because it's not like we want the ending to be what we want and whatever it is, because that bec- that'll become boring if we all gave, said, this is how we want the show to end. We want to be given the product, but we also don't want the ending to be so bad. And like, if you had a tool, like if Wisp TV could become this tool where it's like, you know, we, we understand, because I worked at an analytics company and I understood that certain people wanted to buy an air, air conditioning system. Trust. They we'll give you the APIs. We'll give you the APIs, man. Create it. Yeah. Seriously. I'll help and, you. Maybe I'll invest in it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you the APIs. As a, as a person who's worked in the space of analytics, I know that the conclusion is, especially in e-commerce analytics, people want the conclusion for people to buy the product. However, on the TV show, once the final episode's out, it's done. And it's frustrating because even movies like Usual Suspects, you know, they have like three or four different endings when you watch the extra credits. They have like the ending where they kill the, the couple. They have an ending where they allow the couple to survive and all those things. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's the same thing with um, a- any show. Every show people have a boggle with and they, they want a different conclusion. But Marcus, you made an interesting observation here. Uh, so a few years back, people were talking about something called transmedia. And, and, and that was basically where you, you saw the traditional linear story on television, but then you go, go to an app to explore a character uh, in a deeper manner. 
And, and what you're in essence saying, you, you could do that, right? So, for example, if you go to Disney and you look at their Star Wars section, you have all kinds of cartoons that that they yeah. that didn't make that didn't turn into films or series. So, what what you're what you're describing is actually very interesting, and it was brought up by a Disney executive today. And the point is that people don't watch television in, in, a, in a traditional way. The second the episode is finished, they go on social media. They want to learn more about the characters. Yeah. And so this, this customer journey across platforms allows the, you know, for this to happen. So maybe you, know, you could have a linear show uh, with one specific ending, but then you, know, you could have like a book or a story that had a different ending, you know? Um, but it, th- those are things that are normally in the hands of the creators, and those are the people that I respect the most in the industry. Yeah, um, I mean, um, Ralph yeah. and Swadek, what's the TV show that you guys wish had a different ending, or a movie that you wish had a different ending? Like, or I mean, Ralph, are you happy with the ending of The Godfather? The financial news. Financial news. I would, love, I would love to know the results of the financial news before it actually happens. That would be great. <laughs> Just don't tell well, so the when SEC. the market goes down, I wanted to to say that it went up. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I was thinking while you were talking to uh, Gustavo, how everything has been about democratizing content. You know, first you had YouTube, um, then you had. Uh, TikTok, you know, uh, it's uh, it's like people want to see real things. They, they uh, there's an audience for real things as opposed yeah. to canned product. So maybe it's a continuation of that. Uh, <clears throat> maybe it's even shorter clips. Uh, I don't know, but R- um, Ralph, I it seems some... like everybody that has a a, a phone today can be a content producer yeah i want to i want to break the news to you we have some episodes of uh the exit strategy on tiktok so yeah congratulations you're you're gen z (laughs) but uh, gustavo have you heard of um using um uh low-powered broadcasting to stream uh video um you're talking about white space uh, well, I'm talking about, uh, let's say you have uh, the content on, on the West Coast. It's sent by satellite to the uh, East Coast, and then you use low-powered broadcast to um, send it to your uh, uh, your box on your TV set. And this way, you, yeah, avoid, yeah, yeah. The, you avoid the Internet. Well, I mean, you have a lot of local channels, right, where, where they take a local they take like national syndicated content that's what the local affiliates do they insert the local news and then normally um, these, these franchises they only have a specific radius where they can broadcast um, I know a little bit about it my broadcast friends know much more about it because um, a lot of that yeah, yeah. but so that, that's a, an existing business um, that's a very common thing to do Rob, there are a lot of companies today that do that, <clears throat> uh, that does caching and puts uh, different content in different places, um, either at home or close to the tower, so that it can come on a low band. Right. And uh, I guess the, the point um, is that there's so much content 
it's uh, plugging up the internet pipes. And this that's uh, a great point. That, yeah. Yeah, that's a great. So um, one too many content is it's not great for the internet. It, it cannot handle that many users. Um, and you know, uh, so a lot of people hope that this new technology um, called ATST 3.0 is going to take hold, and that's a different uh, broadcasting um, um, paradigm that allows you to, to to broadcast about 30 channels in the same spectrum of one channel, um, and, and and you know, you can have billions of people watch. It doesn't matter for broadcast. For the internet, it clogs everything up, just like you said. Um, but you know, a lot of um, you know conflicting conflicting interests enter into play, right? Because some stakeholders they they want everything to go over the internet. Why can we still not watch uh, broadcast television on on our iPhones? Well, you go to Brazil or Bangladesh, and almost many many smartphones have an antenna. Uh, so it's it's really about you know. You know, what are the dominant market device manufacturers deciding and, and, and what plays better within the way they make money? Um, you know, and um, but yeah, I, you're absolutely right. I personally think that like TV is going to become very personalized. Like if you have things like watching a sports game and then you have like Snoop Dogg doing like the commentary or you can have Gen Z listening to like... Um, like a younger generation guy, like a Takashi six, nine or a PewDiePie kind of thing doing sports casting for like the world cup. And then you pay for that service and you pay for that content. I think that Marcus, they, Marcus, the, that's already, already in play, right? It is, but like, it it's is, not, uh, it's not as pro it's not as prevalent as it should be. And I, I, I think uh, it's just a problem. Uh, if it's either uh, that's or, so you know. funny that you mentioned that we actually filed a patent for that. Um, yeah. So we uh, we filed a patent for alternative uh, audio so that you could watch a sports game. And at the same time, you could listen to an alternative commentator. And in the yeah. first instance, the patent was rejected because the Major League Baseball already has that. Major League, Major League Baseball has a, uh, a feature that allows you to watch your baseball game. You can choose the radio station. Our patent is different. Our patent allows you, anybody to be a sportscaster from... On, on, on their iPhone. And so we should be knowing in about three months whether that patent gets approved or not. Most patents don't get approved and you have to litigate. The patent's only as good as, as the money you have to defend it. But um, if, if, if that works out, that could be a very, very interesting business because then you could basically listen to a Chicago Bulls game. And if Michael Jordan decides to narrate it, you can listen to that, which is perhaps much more interesting. Or take, for example, uh, in the World Cup, right? It's hard to get a broadcast here in, in the United States in Portuguese. Now you can just listen to a Portuguese commentator or think about kids, um, you know, watching a uh, American football game with their uh, um, college coach and say, hey, Jimmy, you see, you see that mistake there? You do the same thing. So, yeah, it, it's so funny that you mentioned that. We actually have a patent outstanding for, for, for exactly that, for alternative audio. And that's a part of Wisp TV or something else. Well, that patent was filed under my own name. Okay. And then I, I uh, so I can decide whether I sign it to uh, TeleUp or, or I don't know, whatever I do with it. it depends on, on the partners. That, so, uh, that will help out. So, given that we're on day two of CES 2023, what are the th what is the things that have impressed you the most? 
because before the call, we were talking about things like okay. Samba TV or Bitmovin. But I mean, it's very different to look at everything through a website versus like walking through the corridors and the aisles and the the different sections. Like you, you're at the Eureka Labs. Um, Are you talking about technology overall impression of the market? Just uh, your impression. Or, or humorous or, or more in the humor section. Well, well, <laughs> what I found you, funny. Well, what is the first thing that comes to your mind on the on the past 24 hours of being in Vegas? AI. AI, the right. overwhelming amount of companies in focus on AI. And that, that's bad news for Google that does a lot of search. Uh, they're talking about uh, the search now being moved away from pure search index ranking to AI driven. Oh, no, I, I don't know. You know. So those are conclusions that can be drawn. What has impressed me the most is so, look, how many of these startups are going to succeed? Right? What is regulation going to say about it? Right? Like, for example, your, like AI can like social profile people. That's not allowed in Europe. Um, you know, uh, facial recognition in Europe is not allowed with AIs. And so my only observation is like this huge emphasis on the technology and a lot of people using it for, for different things. Um, and, and so I think that that is, you know, somebody was talking about it this morning about we went from an on-demand world, from a predictive world, right? So before you would, before getting home, you would send, uh, you would like on your phone, you would turn on the heat. But now an algorithm is going to know that you're going to be going home at a specific time. And most likely you're going to want to have the temperature X, Y, Z. And then you get home and the, and, and, and the home knows that you love, I don't know, skateboarding. And if X games goes on, this predictive world. So I think, I think in terms of consumer electronics, there's a huge element of, of prediction um of what's going to happen and and, 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 the, and this prediction is, is within this ai component um you know yeah. i i for one um obviously very envious of you i love ces you it's a very exciting uh you know a few days and i always try to be there in vegas uh but you know give me since you're on the ground there give me a sense with the capital markets the way it is inflation weighing down on everybody what's what's the vibe what's the general vibe other than you know the emerging technologies and this you know new sexy stuff that's coming out how are people feeling about what's going on oh, oh that's a okay it's a very hard question for me to answer because there, there are so many different segments represented here in vegas and instead of running around like a chicken without a head i decided to stick to you know uh my industry, which was the streaming and things I'm personally interested in as a um, as an angel investor. Um, so I can only give you my opinion in those two. Fine. So in terms, all, yeah. Also, so during during your cocktail hours, you know how what's the general okay, the okay, there? okay. During the cocktail hours, the only thing people can talk about is the A um, AVN conference, which is the pornography conference happening uh, next door. <laughs> That's the only thing people big talk money about. Money maker, big money maker. And and and, and uh, so people are saying, "Oh, are you going to go to the to the AVN awards or not?" So because of that, at the cocktail hour, that's what people talk about. Um, and uh, and besides that, um, you know, uh, on those two segments that 
you know, because I, I go to events that are for, um, for my industry. And in my industry, uh, a lot of the focus is on free advertising TV and trying to demystify the, the ad server. But in terms of macroeconomics, if that's what you want to know, um, given the circumstances, you know, it is frugality. People are really frugal. I, you know, I, I, I'm sometimes surprised how frugal um, some of these uh, television stations are uh, in terms of, um, you know, uh, spending money on technology or, you know, in building their advertising stacks. Um, and, and yeah, inflation is a real thing. Um, but, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's a tough question. I think I'm going to have a better sense because um, I only arrived yesterday at the end of the conference. Sorry if I didn't answer that. No, no, that's, that that's fine. I just, wanted, I just want to see as you make rounds uh, along the pavilions and different booths, you know, you, you do get a sense of how people feel about the overall economy, the funding you know, scenario going forward, how things are going. I'm hearing good things from somebody, uh, some people who are down there, but I just wanted to get your sense as well. What do they say, the people that you've talked about? I'm, I'm curious most, myself. Most, most of them are investors and they're very excited uh, seeing, uh, you know, the new, the new emerging technology that's coming out. There's a lot of excitement, like you just said, um, around around AI. There's a lot of excitement around mobility. There's a lot of excitement uh, around different automobiles that are coming out or, you know, in the EV space. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing. So my question to them was similar to what I just asked you, you know, is if, if inflation capital markets are weighing down and they said, not really, you know, yeah, people I think are guarded. Um, you know, they do feel inflation and stuff, but in general, people excited. And I think C CES is that kind of a place where, you know, kind of you shed all your inhibitions and you go in, you know, excited, looking uh, at the future. Yep. Yep. True, true, very true. So, I mean, what do you think is going to happen for the next couple of days? I mean, you have... I mean, I, I, I know like being in France, you, the, I saw I counted like 16 booths for the French market and the, the Dutch only have one. And like the Japan has a few. Yeah. Korea has many more. But if you go to other parts of the conference, what's have you been able to explore other places? No, no. So, so that's what's going to happen. So um, um, basically, there are a lot of sessions and different tracks and different topics. And, and I feel that by the end of today, a lot of the sessions um will be done with. And then a lot of people will go to go to the booths. Um, I have yeah. not gone to any booths yet, for example. I, I want to visit one or two companies, um, but it's because friends recommended me to go. There's like a, a Dutch uh, car company. They make these, these tiny, uh, they look like golf carts, electric vehicles, but it's more because it's a friend of a friend. Um, and by, so if, if by, you know, if you if you recommend any any interesting uh, French uh, startups or uh, companies I should visit, let me know. I, I, I am excited also about a new television concept that they launched. I don't know if it's going to take hold, but they have these new televisions now that allow you to have a huge television screen for, for relatively little money. Um, 
And these are projectors that you put all the way against your wall and they project upwards. And then the, um, the, the canvas, you know, um, they, they have like a li tiny little um, grains that are at a 90, uh, 45 degree angle. So instead of projecting from, you know, a few meters away uh, or a few feet away onto a wall, you project it um, upwards against the wall. So you can have your lights on. Um, so I'm interested in, in going there, checking that out. Um, I don't know if it's going to be commercially very successful, but I'm, I'm just curious, um, you know, so that kind of stuff. Tw 2022, television. 2022 was huge about Web3, XR, Metaverse. Well, do you see much on that space? Because I honestly think that this uh, chat GTP AI is going to is going to yeah. train over that. Well, funny enough, um, as we did our call, the, the pitching competition for Web3 um, um, happened. I was only able to catch one one of the presentations for Web3. Uh, and the, the, the gentleman's pitch there, and, and this is like a huge pitch competition. So the only thing that I saw that I found interesting was one company that uh, basically um, um, had a solution for you to participate uh, in the success of the influencer you follow, right? So they were mentioning, you know, that that, that gentleman that makes funny faces uh, on, 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 um, on TikTok and YouTube, it's a, a, a black gentleman. He makes a, an expressionless face when people do something stupid and then he mimics it um, on a way to do it. Yeah, he's the yeah, number one guy. on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. So basically they were saying like, oh, I was one of the first guys that discovered this guy, but I never got anything from him. And now he has like, there's a gazillion users. So they came up with this a solution with the whole Web3 thing is about sharing the upside, right? Common man can share the upside. So if you make somebody famous, then yeah. you get you get a piece of the action. And they yeah. came up with something like that, whereby you would buy NFTs of the influencer and they become worth more. I'm not a yeah. personal, I'm not a big fan of a lot of this, this stuff. Um, you know, um, I think centralization makes a lot of sense in many ways, but I'm not an expert in that area. That's yeah. the only thing that um, in terms of Web3 that, that I've seen so far. His name is Kabi Lame. He was from Senegal. I was watching about him yesterday. He was a, a waiter somewhere. But Ralph, do you think we could do IPOs or NFTs on uh, content creators? Is that is that something the SEC will let hold or? Why not? Why not? I mean, there's uh, all kinds of uh, businesses that uh, go public. So why not? So I have me... a question for you guys, actually, yes. Marcus. When when you're done, uh, no, you go first. Oh no no! I I just was googling really quick, uh, Kabi Lame, uh, Kabene Lame, and then number two is Charlie Demalio, the yeah Demalio. So so my question is, as, as investment bankers, right? Do you guys see a lot of consolidation going forward in 2003, 2000, uh, 2003, 2024? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I did notice, there seem to be too many companies. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, we, uh, we we're very firm on telling people that you should consolidate the economy. Like we work with a lot of payment POS companies, we tell people like there's too many of you. We should do stock swaps in order to consolidate you, and then sell you as a larger corporation, cut your costs, and improve your EBITDA. 
I mean, we could talk about this all day, and it's a frustrating point because as investment bankers, we can't tell the CEOs or the CEOs in plural what to do. And the truth is, is that like, yes, with this, with the content that I'm seeing coming out of this artificial intelligence chat GD, chat GTP thing, where you could literally type, I want to build an app that does ABC and the thing pumps out the Python code. I mean, it's, it's a question of there's going to be even more stuff available because it doesn't have, if you have no hurdle to get over, you don't have to hire coders just to get an MVP out. Um, I think that it's going to be just a, you know, a saturation palooza. But you can't have small economies. Um, and it's a problem here in France where like there's a ton of money, 80 to 90% of cash goes into pre-seed to series A. Then you have a huge drop off to series B. And if the founders aren't smart enough to go to the United States or a larger economy, it could be China for all I care. They're they're going to be and they're going to be stagnant. It's like a glass ceiling. They can see the growth, but they can never achieve it because they're not hitting the right markets. There's a huge liquidity yep. crunch also in the market right now here, which is in you, you the won, case right? in yeah. the states. I mean, I, I'm actually on a conference call with a bunch of investors. Oh, no, I, yeah, and I and I had to miss your conference. Maybe you can say one thing or two. So this is the winner of the Web three competition. It's the most competitive Web three competition probably on the planet. I have nice. live here for you, and then he will he will say a thing or two. You can just hey, yeah, we're. Actually, can you hear him? Introduce. Yeah, tell him to introduce introduce himself first. Last yeah, I name. I think the mic company. is here. Oh, we're Echo Three D. Well, you can hear me. Um, we're a cloud solution for three D AR and VR applications. We allow developers to store and stream three D assets from the cloud to game engines, mobile devices, and web browsers everywhere. We just won the um, XTC competition for Web Three, which is incredible. Such a good surprise. Um, so far, we've raised over $9.5 million in multiple rounds, the latest one being with Qualcomm Ventures, and they're amazing supporters of us. And we went through Techstars and got grants from Verizon um, and partnerships with NVIDIA, Intel, like really, really heavy hitters um, that all believe in the metaverse and all believe in the, that vision of Web3 and decentralized uh, computing. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, so, so there you go. That That is the best of the best in Web3 according to CES. We, we definitely... We, we definitely... Live on your podcast. You were probably the first in the world to broadcast it. <laughs> well done, Gustavo. <laughs> that, that, that's what did, we, did you get we any call of that origination? Well, I mean, he threw down a lot of keywords like, uh, you know, Web3, Metaverse, et cetera, et cetera. The, the, the thing is that, like, you know, we, we, the, the, problem, the problem about being an investment banker is that, like, we actually have to produce results or like we don't actually make our, our living. So it's always like we could talk VC, which is kind of like we're going to conquer the world and do like the Silicon Valley TV show. But the truth is, is that like unless the guy signs the contract, it doesn't happen. And it's a painful place to be. And it's quite boring because we've done many panel discussions with the, the chambers and schools and all that stuff. But everyone wants to talk about fundraising and growth. But the thing is that like you can't have of 50 companies doing the same thing and everyone have the same amount the same same amazing growth you know but you can have it if you have a niche product like you do which is targeting a very specific thing and then you actually start consolidating other parts of the market or you get consolidated yeah, we, no absolutely we, yeah I, i'm sure there are some people there that remember john malone and uh, telecommunications inc 
and and how uh, Bob Bagness, which was John Malone's boss, started buying cable systems across the country. That's happening now with small ISPs, you know. Um, but uh, I, I I personally, venture investing, it's 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 hard, you know. Some of our more successful VC friends, they get like a thirty five percent return on their money, and that is with most yeah. of the companies going belly up. I think what you guys do is much more interesting. Take a couple of existing companies, consolidate them, trust costs. I think that's what you go to business school for. We, we and the promote, rest is a little, is a little luck. <laughs> we, we promote it very hard. It's a question of getting multiple parties. Like we're, we're talking about people with different religions, beliefs, and structures. And a lot of the times, people use different coding structures. Like one company could be using C++, the other one uses C Sharp, the other one uses JavaScript. And their, their database structures are totally different. So to consolidate them, it becomes like, well, whose platform do we actually use? That's the hardest thing. There's a lot of companies in the States that tell me exactly what they want. We want this kind of company that uses React and does like Ruby on Rails and all that stuff. And they tell me exactly. But it's very challenging because everyone comes from a different school of thought. But uh, Gustavo, let what is what is the give us the final main driver? What is the final thought or what is the thing that is impressing you the most or the thought that's impacted you the most in the past 24 hours at CES? Uh, the, the thought was, uh, maybe I should be in New York chilling out <laughs> instead of being in a Vegas hotel full of slot machines left and right because as a, I already have a nice stable business. <laughs> as we, <laughs> as we say thought. in the intro to the podcast that I'm a recovering SaaS vendor, I've scanned many badges in Vegas and I know how intense it could be. Yeah, yeah, but I, I have to do it. You know, um, I have to stay up to date and then uh, you, you, you do... You know, you, you pick up stuff, you know, you, you pick up how people are thinking, the new lingo. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to sit through it. Uh, hopefully I get a couple of, uh, I meet a couple of cool people. One or two is good enough. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, and then off to um, Park City for another snowboard trip. Nice. Well, Gustavo, thanks so much for being on the podcast. We we really hope that you enjoy the rest of the show. We want you to give us an update. Maybe we could do a part two where when you get back to New York, you give us your feedback in the next couple of days as to what happened in the entirety of CES 2023. Always a pleasure. All right. Marcus, un abrazo. Un abrazo. We'll speak to you soon, sir. All right. Be good. Take care. Take care, Bye. Gustavo. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Episode 21 with Gustavo Medeiros live from CES 2023. We hope you liked it. Like, follow, share, and subscribe. We hope to see you again next time.